Um, now, guys, back to uh, Galatians chapter 5. Um, you may recall that last week I, I, I really ended on a, uh, with a quote from Luther. Um, and I'll just read you the first sentence. The lust of the flesh is not altogether extinct in us. It rises up again and again and wrestles with the spirit. Um, and it was in conjunction with verse 16 where um, he's calling us to walk by the spirit where you not gratify the desires of the flesh. And it's that term, the desires of the flesh that we will never quite be completely rid of the, the desires of the flesh. And that's what Luther was saying. The lust of the flesh is not altogether extinct in us. It rises up again and again and wrestles with the Spirit. Um, that really is a wonderful quote, but it's a dangerous quote. Um, Luther didn't intend it, um, nor certainly do I, um, to be taken as a piece of permission you know, you may recall that um, I used the, the uh, example of suicide. Can a Christian take his own life? Well, I, you know, unfortunately, the answer to that is yes. And, and um, when you read a quote like this from Luther, it's almost like people say, well, okay, if Christians can do these bad things, then I can do bad things. It was never intended to be, a, to be understood as granting permission it, it is to be understood as a, um, a way to comfort God's people and how to explain the battle in which we find ourselves. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, this battle in which we, uh, in which we find ourselves. Uh, and, and I want you to gird up the loins of your mind. I have a fairly intricate argument for you this evening, um, but it's a very important argument. So, but you're gonna, particularly when I get moving a bit, um, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to try to um, stay with me, and I hope I'll uh, not insult you uh, uh, by confusing you. Hopefully. Um, so last week we were looking at verse sixteen. This, tonight we're going to look at verses seventeen and eighteen. But let me read sixteen along with seventeen and eighteen. Uh, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and uh, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Here we go. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Um, gang, the first thing that I want you to notice in verse 17 is I want you to notice the, the, the language of battle or the language of warfare. Look, look at verse 17. Um, the desires of the flesh are against, uh, and the desires are against, uh, for these are opposed. This is, this is language of a battle, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and the combatants... In the battle are flesh versus spirit. All right. Now, let, let me define those terms real quickly. They're, it's not, they're not hard terms. I mean, what does the New Testament mean when it uses this term flesh? Um, it, is, it is simply talking about everything that we are by nature. That is, everything that we are, uh, the natural man, I guess you could say, but everything that I was born with is summarized in this term, flesh. 
but, but this, the other combatant, spirit, what is that? That's everything that I am now because of having been regenerated by the Spirit, having been brought to new life by the Spirit. Christians have two natures, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I, uh, you have got to understand that uh, in the midst of this battle um, because that's the language of verse 17 that Christians are, are waging a war. Um, if, if, the, the, if the whole two-nature thing surprises you, then, then write this down. Write down um, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Let me read it. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self. You see, he's contrasting an old self and a new self. Created after the likeness of God and true righteousness. There are these two natures, ladies and gentlemen. Um, one is called flesh, and one is called spirit. And you will notice, I hope, that it is the Holy Spirit that is God's answer to that. The, the, uh, the solution is not to try harder, which I think is most often the suggestion given to Christians who are in this battle and they're not doing so well and, you know, they're really struggling. And, and so we turn to them and say, well, you need to try harder. You know, I heard somebody say the other day, um, well, you really need to pray hard about this. What does that mean? What does it mean to pray hard? I mean, does it mean to concentrate? Does it mean to... I mean, what, what does pray hard mean? Well, I really think it's a leftover with this, this whole approach to this battle. The solution is to try harder. No, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it is, it is, it is God's spirit or it is the Holy Spirit, which is God's answer to this. But now we got to figure out what that is. We got to figure out a little bit about gang. The solution in the battle is not to call you to try harder. And that just leads to more defeat. Um, now, so we've got, we've got this battle, uh, and I'm, I'm pointing to the language of verse 17, all of this opposition and against, these two things are against each other, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I read you out of Ephesians 4 about these two natures. They, one's called this, one's called that. And these are the two combatants in the, in the battle. Um, now, let me introduce you to a word. Um, it is the Greek word um, epithumia. It's an important word. Um, it is the word that is translated in verse 17 for the desires. It's in verse 16 as the desires. Um, it's found, let's say, one, two, two times in verse 17. Um, do you see that the, at least in the ESV you find the word desires? The older translations usually translate this word with the English word lust. Um, for Ron Goss, who is devoted to the King James Bible um, and will not pursue any other because if it was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for Ron. 
Um, in the older translations, the word epithumia is usually translated with the word lust. But every time we think of lust, we think of something sexual. And that's why you find in the ESV that they've translated this word desires. Because, ladies and gentlemen, not all desires are bad. Uh, if you have a desire to be married, or if you have a desire to, be, to live a holy life, um, not all epithumias are bad, but if I say lust, then you immediately start thinking of something, some kind of sexual sin. Um, desires get bad in a, in a couple of ways um, in terms of their object. I desire to be exposed to more porn. Well, that's a, that's a bad epithumia, you know? Or... The, the the desires after good things that are wanted too much. Um, over-desires or over-desired is when an epithumia becomes bad. Now, this, this is the main um, issue um, in the battle. The epithumias. And how we address these things determines whether how much victory we have or how much loss we have. Guys, um, again, not all desires are bad. There are some proper desires. As you really see in, in verse 17, for the desires of the flesh, those are bad ones are against uh, the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit. You see? It's the same Greek word, epithumia. But there are some desires that are consistent with and appropriate to God the Holy Spirit. You see that? So not all, of the, not all of them are bad. If you've got a bad object or if they are, if they are things that are over-desired... Um, then they become, they become losses to the soul or losses in the battle. Now, gang, um, these two natures that are... The non-Christian doesn't have this battle. He only has one nature. It's, it's us Christians that have the battle. Um, because of these two natures who oppose each other, um, we would all say that what we would want is for this one to win out. And Lord willing, next week, we're going to come back and uh, look at verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions. and desire. We're going to talk about that next week, Lord willing. But we would all say, in the midst of this battle, we want, um, we want the, the, the spiritual nature of us to, to, to win um, but this other resident flesh nature continues to generate um, alternate desires to which we give in at times. This part of me that is still resident in me as a believer, continues to generate these things 
which are not good. And, and I want you to hear how the Apostle Paul says this. This is, this is abject genius on the part. This is Romans chapter 7, and I'm going to read you just two verses, but listen to what he says. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. I think every person in this room would say that. We delight in the law of God in our inner being. Listen, he, he adds, I can't come to the phone again. Um, he goes on to say, but I see in my members, when he says members, he's talking about bodily parts. I see in my body um, another law. Another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. He said, I got, I got a part of me that glories in the law of God. But then there is this other law in me. And, and I see it. Um, I mean, I, I notice it at times to the point that it's waging war against this law. Um, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. If you think that's speculative religion, ladies and gentlemen, you're not being honest with yourself. Because you see that going on in you too. You say... <clears throat> well, I really want, you know, this. And I look inside me and I see, oh, yeah, that's really my desires. Epithumias, and they're good ones. But then something happens. It takes me captive. And I find that there's another law in my members. That's what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. That battle. Okay. Um, and this thing continues, even while a saved man or woman, continues to generate desires. Um, and at times... I give in to him. Now, now let me read you that Luther quote, just a sentence. The lust of the flesh is not altogether extinct in us. It rises up again and again and wrestles with the spirit. Gang, that is not intended to be a, a statement for you to take permission to go do something bad. It is intended as an explanation of the thing that we experience day after day after day. This thing continuing to generate desires. And on occasion, guess what I did? I gave in to those. <clears throat> now, guys. You know, I, I, um, what I'm about to, I, I'm, 
I'm at the intricacy of the argument. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to gird up the loins of your mind because it'll help. All right, look down at verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me. That it, no, that's wrong. That's Romans, sorry. <clears throat> um, verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, now stay with me. I want you to look at verse 16. And I want you to notice what is it that is opposed to the life of the Spirit. It is flesh. Do you see it? Uh, Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What is it that opposes this? Well, it's that. You see that? Now stick with me. Look at verse 18. In verse 18, what do you see as being in opposition to the life of the Spirit? Law. They're not exactly to be equated, but they are two ways of, in, in essence, saying the same thing. They're speaking about the same thing. Because our flesh wants to operate by law. Our flesh wants to save itself. Guys, our sinful nature within, this thing, wants to be its own savior. And it's constantly looking for ways For me to cope with life without having to put my faith and trust in the provisions that God has made for me in Christ. It's law. Guys, we like the words deserve. We like the word earn. We want to take credit for things. Let me give you an example. Guys, this is so subtle. I'm making this up. Not the first part. But the second part, because I do have a good marriage. I have a wonderful marriage, okay? That's the part I'm not making up. I have a wonderful marriage. And the reason that I have a wonderful marriage is because we always had a date night, one night a week. Do you see what you've just done? 
you have given in to this thing that expresses itself in law saying that the reason that I have a good marriage is because of something that I did. Let me tell you, I hope you've all got wonderful marriages. But if you have a good marriage, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have a good marriage because you had a date night one night a week. You have a good marriage because God saw fit to grant you grace. But we don't want to talk about grace. We are, I mean, this thing is constantly asking us to take credit for it. Um, we, we, the flesh continues to reject the free gift of Jesus' righteousness and salvation and continues to try and save itself without reliance, without dependence upon the grantor of all gifts. If your marriage is good, ladies and gentlemen, It's because he's granted you a gift. What do you have that you did not receive? Says Paul in 1 Corinthians 4. Including a good marriage. It's not because I had a a better strategy than you had. No, ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's my flesh continuing to resist. The beauties of God's grants. If you've got something good, it's because he granted it to you. Because if you've got, but we, we, we constantly want to take credit for it and earn it and think about reward and desert or deserving. Because the thing that resists the life of the Spirit is our commitment to law. And when we do that, ladies and gentlemen, we are looking for solutions to life that don't require us. I don't know what I just did now. Um, That's fine. I need some more room. Um, We're looking for solutions to life that don't require us to lean and trust and depend upon God. We don't want to walk by the Spirit. We want to walk by the flesh. Here's flesh. Well, we had a date night, one night a week. Well, I'm glad you did. There's a, that's a wonderful, it's a wonderful idea. Nothing wrong with having a date night one night a week. But that's not the reason that you crafted your good marriage. So that you can take credit, so that you can earn it. That's all law, ladies and gentlemen. And what is it that opposes the life of the Spirit? Law. Just another way of saying. And so I create another opportunity for me to worship something that is not the God who has provided for me fully and completely in Christ and Him crucified. I'm looking for more and more reasons to not give Him what He deserves, but to take it for myself. 
And so the flesh continues to generate more and more uh, epithumias that will allow me to bypass reliance and trust and dependence upon God and, and, and his provisions. You know, I've done this before, and I love to do it. Um, so if you know the right answer, don't give me the right answer. I only want the wrong answer so that I can, you know, make an example of you. Um, <laughs> But who in this room could tell me what is the last line contained in the book of 1 John? You know, the book about love and, you know, if you don't love your brother, you know, and God is love. And by the way, God is love is said twice in the scriptures, both times in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 and 16, something like that. The last line in 1 John. John, the beloved uh, disciple, the one that, you know, that leaned on Jesus' breast. The, you know, the one that Jesus loved. Love, 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 love. The last line in 1 John, the whole book, is this. Little children, keep yourself from idols. He's written this whole book. And he's told us how about to find assurance for our salvation and, and about the propitiation for our sins and all this business. But right before he goes, right before he leaves, right before he closes, he says, little children, who's he talking to? He's talking to us. People who have a propensity to try and live a life without God. That's called idolatry, ladies and gentlemen. It's called idolatry. We will do it without him, and we will become our own God. By the way, you do know, don't you, that's what Satan said to Adam and Eve? I mean, if you know, he just knows that if you eat that over there, you'll become like God. And we've been wanting that for 10,000 years. Finding a way to not have to respond to the freeness and the beauty of grace. It is law that is woven into the fabric of our soul that keeps opposing the life of the Spirit. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that is huge. Um, in terms of our own little battles, this is huge. Our sinful nature that's still within us is generating ideas as to how we can meet our needs without God. We can do it by success. We can do it by kids, having children. We can do it by approval. Those are all idols. We're just generating ideas as to how we can feel good about our, our, our existence without having to worship him. Converted people do that, ladies and gentlemen. 
Because those ideas that get generated by that flesh, sometimes we give in to them. Do you know the story, um, the parable, um, the parable of the rich fool? It's in Luke chapter 12. This is the guy that, and by the way, uh, I've heard it preached and it's all about money. It's not about money. It's not about money. You know, the guy says, I got all this, uh, you know, I got all this grain, you know, and I don't have a place to put it. And I, my barns are full over here. You know, I got to build some more silos because, you know, I got, um, you know, I got all this grain. And, and, and you know, so I'm going to just build me some more silos and I'll have places for my grain. <laughs> and, and I've heard preachers talk about how this is, you know, money and, you know, tithing. And it ain't about that. It's about a man who, because he experienced some kind of smidgen of profitability, wanted to find a way to live his life apart from trusting that God. And so his strategy was more silos. We got all kinds of strategies. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't need to call out to God for my marriage when I'm having a date night every Monday night with my wife. I mean, um, my kids do their chores, and that's why I got good kids. I hope you got good kids. But if you do, ladies and gentlemen, it's because they did their chores. It's because God in his kindness saw fit to intervene, to grant you grace, to have a house full of decent kids. Because, again, what do you have that you did not receive? But we're always looking for a way to find a strategy so that I don't have to rely on him. And the result of that strategy is a drive. <laughs> i got to write it again. It's an epithumia. My, my, my determination to, to reject the free gift of Christ's righteousness and his salvation gives rise to this drive this desire, this lust to get whatever it is that I want without having to rely on him. All in opposition to the life of the Spirit. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Well, that's one of the things it means. It's to give up this, this notion that I'm smart enough, that I'm pious enough, that I'm spiritual enough to accomplish things apart from the enabling and empowerment and reliance upon the Holy Spirit of God. Because I can promise you, ladies and gentlemen, your flesh is doing the same thing that mine is. It's 
It's generating desires so that I can live a life that I can take credit for. It's nothing but law. It's nothing but flesh. And it's in opposition to the life of the Spirit. Father, I pray that you will use this to encourage your people that we might hunger after a different strategy, after a different life, after a different approach to living a life that glorifies you. Forgive us that the flesh that remains in us all is a thing that takes us captive and prompts in us an eagerness, a, a willingness to go find a way to live without you. When in fact, the thing that we need most is a life utterly dependent upon and relied upon. The God that grants all of his favors by grace, not by law. Rearrange us, O oh God. Bring us into conformity with this. Um, for the good of our souls and for the good of the kingdom, might the world see people who know just how bankrupt we all are. And the only, the only good that's uh, accomplished is accomplished by the Spirit granting life. We ask this, of course, in Jesus' name.